0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Oregon football returns home to Eugene for a home matchup against the California Golden Bears. We're previewing and predicting this weekend's matchup on today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How are we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres. Coming to you guys on Thursday, November 2nd, Oregon versus Cal is this weekend's game. And joining me to preview and predict the matchup is Jake Curtis, who operates Cal Sports Report for Sports Illustrated Fan Nation. Jake, how are you doing? Thanks for being here. Okay, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Excited for some more college football this weekend. I'm going to be up in Eugene for the game, so a little bit of extra excitement. Um, But yeah, just excited to bring you on and and talk a little bit about Oregon versus Cal. Um, Just to kind of open things up, I thought I could just kind of ask you, what's uh, what's the energy around this Cal program right now heading into the game? Well,
2: they've lost a bunch of games in a row. I mean, obviously they're trying to portray the fact that they're still excited and everything. But but when you've lost as many games as they have, one and four in the Pac-12, uh, it's hard to get too optimistic about things. And especially going up to Autzen Stadium, they, they haven't done well at Autzen Stadium. Even if the teams were evenly matched, it would be a, a tough slog for Cal up at Autzen. They haven't won at Autzen since 2007. And that's the only time they won at Austin since uh, 1987. So this is a, it's going to be a a tremendous challenge for Cal. All
1: right. Yeah. So Oregon's got one of the better home field advantages in the PAC 12. I I think most people knew that. Um, I I mean, this Cal team coming off of that heartbreaking loss to, to USC. I mean, I just wanted to maybe start there and get some of your thoughts on that one because I mean, there was a legitimate chance they could have won that game.
2: Yeah, they, they, they scored a touchdown with, what, I think it was 58 seconds to go, and they decided to go for two points, which was a wise choice. I think they wanted to try to win it right there rather than go to overtime because it seems to me that USC would have had all the advantages in overtime with Caleb Williams as their quarterback and Cal with a bunch of injuries in their backfield and on their defense. So they had to try to go for it right there, although the two-point play never came close to, to working. So. It wasn't a matter of uh, just a pass off the fingertips or anything like that. Uh, I don't know. They played USC about even, uh, which is not saying a lot, I don't think. I think USC is not nearly as good as people expect them to be. And Cal's offense looked awfully good, although I think that's a product of the fact that USC's defense is very poor. Uh, It's even worse than than I thought it was. And it makes everybody's offense look pretty good. Uh, So I don't know what they're going to do against Washington this week. But uh, Cal's offense, all things considered, looked considerably better. They scored 49 points in that game. Uh, The quarterback, uh, Richard Freshman, uh, Fernando Mendoza, looked awfully good. He's been better each game as he goes along. Uh, He's a dramatic improvement over what they had a quarterback in the first several games. He's nowhere close to being as good as the elite quarterbacks in the Pac-12, but he's a significant improvement over what Cal has had uh, early in the season, and he seems to be getting better. He is, however, 0-3 in his starts against three ranked teams: Oregon State, uh, Utah, and USC. But he's still the offense is considerably better with him running the show. There's there's hope uh, for an offensive uh, couple of points with him in the game with him in the game.
1: You, you talked about how the the mood around the Cal program right now is it's a tough one, right? They've, they've lost some games. And just when you pull up their schedule, this is a brutal slate. Just you got Oregon State, Utah, SC, and then you have to hit the road up to Eugene to, to play the Ducks. So that's a tough schedule for any team in, in the Pac-12, I think is fair to say. But we're going to kind of dig into this matchup and, and talk about both sides of the ball is usually how I like to do it. We can start off talking about the Cal offense. You already gave us some good stuff there on Fernando Mendoza. Um, just just a quick follow-up to that one. Um, I, were you necessarily expecting this to be Cal's situation at quarterback? Because I thought that Sam Jackson was really kind of tabbed to be the guy.
2: Well, he was initially before the preseason camp started. But when the preseason camp started, and based on what I saw, the three guys that were vying for the job – looked pretty even, and there was a lot of situations where Mendoza looked like the best guy uh, in what I saw. Uh, I would not have been surprised if Mendoza had been pegged as the uh, as the starter in game one, although the most likely scenario was that uh, Jackson would be the guy uh, because he's played a little bit, and they went out on the transfer portal to get him. Uh, but and based on what happened in practice, Mendoza was as good as any of them perhaps better and he's, he throws the ball better. He has the best arm of the three and he's runs the ball well enough to run the, uh, to run a uh, RPO and he he gained 48 yards running against USC had two rushing touchdowns. So he can run. He's not Sam Jackson, like as far as speed as a runner, but he's enough to be a threat to keep the ball on the RPO and run and run. So uh, yeah, uh, the, the competition was very close. They didn't decide until just a couple of games before the opener that, that uh, Sam was going to be the starter in that game. And even then it was sort of a precarious situation that it was obvious it could change it, at any time.
1: You mentioned how these guys looked pretty even during a uh, fall camp. And uh, I think that's also reflected in the stats. Um, ben Finley, heck he's thrown 93 passes. which is only four or less. Than, than Sam Jackson on the year. So it's been an interesting case with, with the Cal offense. And really one of the things that's on my mind, Jake, going into this game is that this Cal team this year is a little bit different. I think that Cal has typically been one that has hung their hats on the defensive side of the ball. And it uh, it kind of seems on the surface, at least, that uh, this year's team is about the offense.
3: Yeah, that that's true. They have
2: been a really good defensive team in the past. They've been poor on defense this past year. They've given up 50 points or more in three of their past five games. And they rank, what do they rank? They rank 10th in the conference in scoring defense, something similar to that in total defense. And that's totally opposite of what they were doing in the past when their offense was terrible. Their offense is not great by any means, but it's a lot better than it has been in the past couple of years. I think they're fifth in the Pac-12 in scoring at 33 points or they're about a game, which is excellent for them. If you began the season saying they were going to score 33 points a game, you would think they'd have a really good season based on on their uh, defensive history. But that just hasn't been the case. They haven't been able to really stop anybody. Uh, Not only have they given up 50 points three times, but they gave up, what was it, uh, 34 points to Utah. And Utah does not have a good offensive team, as you know. Uh, So I think that was even more indicative of the fact that they've been really poor on defense. Now, They lost their best defensive player in uh, Jackson Sermon, uh, inside linebacker, but that hardly explains the fact that they've been so poor defensively. They've been poor in almost every aspect of defense. They haven't been able to put any pressure on the quarterback, and that's both on the defensive secondary, not being able to stay with people long enough, and their uh, pass rush. They they only have uh, 11 sacks this year, which is right near the bottom. Uh, four of those did come against USC last week, though. So there is a sense that their uh, pass rush is getting a little better. And I don't, and I'm not sure it's so much that the people up front are becoming better pass rushers, or that the scheme is any better. I just think the secondary is able to cover guys for that extra second or two that allows them to get in on that on that pass rush. But generally speaking, the the defense is just. There hasn't been any one aspect of the defense that's been pretty good, at least in the past. When they got in the uh, red zone, they were able to stop teams at least for a field goal. Teams have always just teams have just been going in for uh, touchdowns time and again this year.
1: Well, We'll definitely talk a little bit more about that uh, Cal defense. Want to get a little bit back to the offense, like you said, Jake. Thirty-three points a game—certainly not something that I expected from Cal. Having uh, you know covered the the Oregon team and had a decent feel for the Pac-12 the past couple of years now, but the story with this Cal offense, you don't need me to tell you. Got to be star running back Jaden Knott, who has run for 754 yards and eight touchdowns on the year. J- just tell me a little bit about how crucial he is to the success of this Golden Bears attack.
2: Well, yeah, uh, it, when he's able to run and able to be creates explosive plays. He's, he's an explosive player. I mean, he has a lot of negative yardage, but he has a lot of big plays. He's averaging six yards a carry. Uh, he is stopped at the line of scrimmage, even for a lot of negative plays, but he has a bunch of big plays. He had touchdown runs of 43 and 61 yards. And most of those runs uh, are on a uh, quick breaking uh, plays between the tackles, not so much around the end, but between the tackles when he's able to sneak through a crack there now Those two big touchdown runs he had against USC came when uh, Bear Alexander, USC's really talented inside uh, defensive lineman, was out of the game because he had a uh, targeting penalty in the second half of the previous game. And he didn't do any of that in the second half. Ott didn't do any of that in the second half when Alexander was playing. So I think that had something to do with it. The the biggest concern with Ott is uh, availability. He missed one game with an injury and his – uh, missed the latter half of the second half and two other games too because of injuries. So there is a bit of an issue as, as far as injuries co- is concerned, but when he's healthy and he's able to create that running threat that brings uh, defensive teams to bring an extra guy, extra defender in the box that really helps their passing game, as you would know. And teams have been doing that. They've been, been bringing down that extra defender and and uh, they have still been able to break up sometimes, against that what, what defenses have been doing has been bringing the extra guy down to stop Ott and then double teaming uh, Jeremiah Hunter on the outside. And that's been pretty effective against Cal's offense.
1: And fortunately for the ducks, they've done a really good job defending the run pretty much all year. I think they faced the best backfield that they're probably going to see all year last week against Utah uh, with Jaquinda Jackson and Sioni Vaki. Uh, Really kept both of those guys in check. Heck, the Utes didn't even find the end zone. Um, But they still do have some talented backfields coming up. Uh, Jaden Knott is is a phenomenal player. And then you have um, Austin Jones and um, Lloyd over there at USC coming in. So they're still going to face some good rushing attacks, but I think they've been up to the task. They've answered the call, certainly last week in Salt Lake City. Uh, Talking a little bit more about this, Cal offense, Jake. I want to learn a little bit more about the receivers, the those guys that are catching the passes from Mendoza. What, what can you tell me about these Cal wideouts, and maybe a little bit about the tight ends as well?
2: Jeremiah Hunter is, is their best receiver, and all defenses know that. And they've been bracketing him a lot and trying to limit his touches. He had a lot of touches in the first several games, but as, as Pac-12 defenses have been focusing on him more, he, he's his impact has been lessened because teams are are focusing more on him. Uh Taj uh, Davis has been really effective as the other guy's the number 2 receiver primarily because he's getting less attention defensively and he's been impressive especially on plays over the middle. Um Trond Gr- Grizel is a walk on who just got a scholarship this year, but he's been a he came on in the preseason camp he was, sort, he was sort of a nobody, as you say, a walk-on. And uh, he was really impressive in preseason and has really done well in the, in the last couple of games. He had six receptions against USC. And he's a very sure-handed receiver and who's been pretty impressive. Uh, Andrews is their best tight end. They use him occasionally. He's able to get himself open and use his body to catch some passes. He's not a big play threat necessarily, but he's a reliable guy over the middle. Uh, But if they can get Hunter uh, open for some 50-50 balls, he's very good on those. He usually makes the catch, even tightly contested on balls that are not great. (laughs) Uh, He usually makes the play on those. What uh, Mendoza has been very good at last week is back shoulder catches when when, when, uh, cornerbacks have been chasing uh, receivers with their back to the ball. He's able to throw back shoulder passes to guys. Very nice timing on those plays. And uh, the receivers have been doing a nice job as far as uh, adjusting to those passes and and, uh, converting completions on them.
1: So some of these Cal receivers, they, they do have some explosive capabilities. I mean, looking at their top three of their top four guys, Uh, You know, on the receiving end of things, they're averaging 11 yards or more on their uh, on their catches. So there is some possibility for explosive plays there from Cal. Oregon's defense has done a really good job getting after the quarterback in recent weeks. That's probably the single biggest leap that they've made defensively from 2022 to 2023. Guys like Jordan Birch and um, Brandon Dorless have been really big in that. Even some true freshmen getting uh, some really big reps and coming up in some big situations for the Ducks. And their secondary, I think, is is looking better with with each passing week. Cornerback Kyrie Jackson, who came over from Alabama, has really emerged as a star of that group, as well as Jaleel Florence, who's a a true sophomore out of San Diego. He has been a big success story. So the Ducks defense is finding its stride. I think they're definitely going to be capable of of, um, stifling the, the Cal offense in this game, especially because they're at home. They'll have those roaring fans and Austin to to help support them. If if you were the offensive coordinator here, Jake, in this game, what, what's your biggest key for the Golden Bears?
2: Oh boy. Try to try to create some kind of running threat. Now I assume Oregon defensively is going to do the same thing they did against Utah, which is load the box, uh try to stop the run game and try to make Mendoza beat them. Because he hasn't shown that he can do it by himself without a running threat. Cal's going to have to use misdirection, uh, things like that, to try to create spaces where uh, the big – Oregon has a big defensive line. <laughs> and I think they're going to have to try to use uh, misdirection to try to get Ott or whoever is in the game, or they might use some uh, end around stuff to try to get Oregon going the wrong way that's about the only thing I can I don't think they're going to be able to try to overpower him and, and blow holes through the middle. Uh, although they may try that occasion, I would imagine they'll try to have Mendoza cl- create some passes very early, may- maybe in the first two, three plays, try to, to show that he can, uh, complete some passes. And then from that, hoping that that'll, uh, Open up the, uh, the the box a little bit so that they're a little bit less uh, loading up the box and and go from that. Uh, I would imagine they'll try to throw some passes over the middle uh, early on to create some room for Ott to, to uh, create some running room for Ott.
1: All right, so yeah, we got a couple of, a couple of keys to the Cal offense there before we hop onto the defensive side of the ball jake anything else you wanted to add i feel like we got some some pretty good stuff on the offense
2: well their their offensive
1: line is not great but it's considerably better than it was last year when it was awful they have
2: created some situations where they've created holes for Ott, and they've protected uh the quarterback fairly well now, sometimes the sacks are, are a result of the quarterback holding the ball too long mendoza's been better at that he makes his st- he makes his uh His drops, looks, and he's usually able to uh, look over his first and second, even third uh, uh, option pretty quickly, a lot quicker than the previous quarterbacks were able to do. Uh, And the offensive line has been okay. It's been okay. It's been good enough, I think, for the offense to do uh, what it needs to do.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all.
4: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: All right, so we're getting a good feel for the Cal offense. I think Oregon's going to be up to the occasion, but that's why you got to play the game on Saturday. Let's hop over and talk some defense, Jake. This is a big challenge for the uh, for the Bears, the Golden Bears. Oregon's offense is a mo- among the most explosive, effective, yeah. efficient. You know, whatever positive adjective you want to use, I think you can throw it with the Ducks. They're they're led by a, a Heisman hopeful and Bo Nix, the most experienced college quarterback ever. Um, you know, yeah. things are obviously in, in their favor, but um, we got into some of it already. But I just kind of wanted to. To maybe just go through all three levels, not in one, uh, one back and forth, but that's kind of what I'm hoping here. What, what's the strength of this uh, this Cal defense in your mind?
2: Uh, there, there is no real strength. I, I would say the safeties are the best part of the team uh, with Craig Woodson and uh, McMorris. Uh, they're both solid players. They're both have a lot of tackles. Uh, Noel Williams, one corner is pretty good. The other corner has not been so hot. Uh, the best player on the team has been the inside linebacker who was playing a side, beside uh, Jackson Sermon, and that's Caleb uh, Alarms Orr. I always mess up the pronunciation of his name. He's second in the uh, conference in, in tackles at 9.0 per game, and he's been, he's been really good. And the guy that's replaced – Sermon as the other inside linebacker, freshman K U- Uliuva, Uva. <laughs> I have a trouble with that one too. Has been much better than expected. He's had a, a two really good games. Now, he's getting his tackles a few yards more down uh down the field than 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 uh, Sermon was and he's not really the uh leader on the field that Sermon was. Sermon was mid- was able to direct things on the field, call the defensive signals and things like that, that really helped him get aligned properly. Th- that's been part of the issue with Cal. They've they've made some mistakes as far as positioning and things like that. Uh, the defensive line uh, has been okay. Brett Johnson, who missed the past two years with some really severe injuries, his back but is playing, but he's not what he was two years ago uh, or three years ago because he just had those severe injuries and it's not expected to be, what he was then, he was a real enforcer at the middle that was really able to uh, take up two or three blockers at a time and really help things out. He's not able to. He's not able to play as many snaps this year as they were hoping. Uh, the defensive line is just so-so. The uh, outside linebackers are okay. Nothing special. They don't really have a standout player at any position. I would say the two safeties and uh, the inside linebacker alarms or are there, are there best players, but I don't know that any of them are all conference caliber players.
1: Okay. So you have some, some, some guys there that you're, you're going to need some big performances from for, for Cal to stay in this game. I, I don't think that a lot of people are expecting this one to, to be a close one. That's certainly not the the vibe that I'm getting from you, Jake. But uh, what what constitutes success for Cal in this game, if 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 not a win?
2: Yeah, well, I, I think for Cal to stay close, I think it's going to take a couple of turnovers, and that's going to be hard against Oregon because they only have two turnovers all season. But Cal has been pretty good at producing some turnovers. Uh, they're going to have to hope that Oregon makes a couple of mistakes early uh, to stay close, and I think Cal just has to not make mistakes. I think Mendoza has a good game, which is – very possible. He's shown progress each game and I expect him to be a little bit better this game than he was in the previous game. And I think if he continues to show that progress, they're going to be able to score some points. Uh, the, uh, spread on the game is 24 and a half. So I think anything closer than that will be considered a success. Cal will consider that a success, of course, but I think observers will consider that a success if they stay within, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 points, I I think that would be a a reasonable expectation. If the final score is, say, 40 to 20, I would think that might even be considered a success from Cal's standpoint. And anything better than that would be be a
1: plus. And and one more thing before we get to our predictions, Jake. Like we were just saying, not many people expect this one to be a close game, but – Cal has kept it close against Oregon, you know, in the, in the past couple of years here. I was at that game where we got to meet up in Berkeley uh, last year. The Ducks won forty two to twenty four and kind of let up, uh, you know, near the end, and then uh, Cal got them in the, the COVID year with a twenty one to seventeen win. So I can't help but feel, even though on paper this looks like such a mismatch, may- maybe Cal can can show up and and give give them a little bit of, a little bit of a ch- uh, test here. Yeah, you, you, obviously
2: you can't tell. I mean, what happened with Washington and Stanford, and then Washington and Arizona State? I never, I didn't expect those games to be close. Definitely not. And Stanford was in that game until that guy dropped that fourth down pass. Uh, and you know, so Cal gets a couple of breaks. Some weird things happen, and they get in the game. And maybe Oregon's thinking, "Oh my God, what's going on here?" And Cal gets a little confidence. They, you know, who knows? They could, they might be able to keep it close.
1: So let's let's dive into our score predictions Jake as we we start to wind down here a little bit. I, I wrote my uh, I write my score prediction story every Wednesday. Um for those of you that read me over on Ducks Digest, um I've already explained a lot of my reasoning, you know, in the the podcast so far, but I'm going to go Oregon 52, Cal 17. Um I think Oregon like every team plays their best ball at home. They got all the momentum in the world. They're healthy, which is huge. Bucky Irving's playing great. Troy Franklin's playing well, even though he had two uncharacteristic drops last week, which was pretty shocking. But um, I I just don't see Cal being able to slow down Oregon. And uh, I think that there's just too much talent on both sides of the ball that uh, they're going to overwhelm them. And I see Oregon putting another win in that win column.
2: Yeah, I would agree to to some extent. I think it might be a little closer. I'm I'm suggesting 40-17. to That means Cal would beat the spread, if not the opponent. Uh, Cal is—they're getting a little better offensively now. Their defense still has a lot, and I'm sort of thinking that Oregon may take their foot off the accelerator in the fourth quarter of that game, like that, because uh, they got b- bigger fish to fry in the future. So I'm—I'm t- I'm thinking something like 40 to 17. Cal's not really staying close in the game, never really having a chance to win the game, uh, but uh, staying within, I don't know, somewhat striking distance as Oregon sort of lets things just sort of play out in the fourth quarter.
1: And we've talked about how how these games between the two teams have been a little bit close uh, in recent years. I think a big part of that is because Oregon, until this year, I feel like hasn't really been capable of starting that fast. And that's one of the biggest differences I think you see in this 2023 Oregon team. That's why you see them getting the the positive attention and buzz that they're getting right now and respect they're getting nationally. I don't know if you got to watch any of the videos that that Oregon's been sharing. They do their cinematic recap videos every week. Um, kind of a really unique behind the scenes look at the program. And you saw this video in the video, Dan Lanning saying, I hope we get the ball first, like just super fired up. And they take that thing right down the field and march in for an opening score. So I think that, if this one does get out of hand, I think a fast start for Oregon could be, could be something that helps get it going. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, I sort of lost it there. You got a little, this <laughs> little uh, hiccup in the uh, transmission there. Um, yeah. Interestingly enough, Cal has played Oregon pretty well uh, recently. Their last win over a ranked team was that win in 2020 uh, against Oregon uh, in that uh COVID year. So, yeah, it's it's possible, especially in the conference this year, when teams are, especially a team like Oregon is thinking uh, a little bit behind as far as their win over Utah, maybe a little bit ahead as far as their, their uh, future games, something, a game like a Cal game could catch them when they're not at their peak.
1: All right, well, before we get out of here, Jake, just any any final thoughts uh, going into this matchup this weekend between Oregon and Cal?
2: Well, Cal has to stay close initially for it to be a game. If if Oregon scores two touchdowns on their first two possessions and Cal does not, I I think it's going to be very much of a one-sided affair. If Cal can stop Oregon on one of their first, I don't know, two or three possessions and Cal can score – at some point in
1: one of their first three possessions, it'll at least be a maybe a game into the second half. All right, well, that's uh, Jake Curtis. You can find him on Twitter at Jake Curtis 53, and you can read all of his work over at Cal Sports Report. That is si.com/slash college/slash cal. Uh, lots of great stuff over there. If you guys want to find more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at mtorres sports. Subscribe to my YouTube channel and drop the video a like at Oregon Football Max Torres, And then you can read all of my written work covering Oregon football and recruiting over on DucksDigest.com. Big thank you to Jake for coming on. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium, it's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.